his camera up in space and I'm reporting for duty. That's not the sentence you're supposed to start with. Do you remember what sentence that was? My eighth grade sucked. No. <laughs> oh, what was it? My my eighth grade was fun. Yeah, that's that's very different from okay. sucked. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. Take two. <laughs> my eighth grade was crazy. <laughs> no, it was crazy well, I, and fun. Get it straight. Okay. What was it? <laughs> my, Actually. My eighth grade was really fun. And I was looking forward a whole bunch to high school, to moving on. But eighth grade was like this new opportunity. I mean, there's a lot to go into it. I had a whole special kind of eighth grade. I'm just now well, remembering. So did everyone. Well, to yeah. Themselves. I guess. It's an important time because you're going to high school. Well, so I went to this really special middle school that wanted to... It was sort of advanced in the sense that it had these extra programs to help build leadership and community in the grades. So it was always this thing. So they had this thing called GSG, which was Guided Support Group, I think is what it standed for. And it was sort of like your home class because I remember uh like homeroom. Right. And like in elementary school, that's all you had. Or that's all I had, right? right. And then finally in middle school, you had block scheduling with all these rotational classes. Well, I didn't. Oh, you didn't? Yeah. Well, so I had that in my experience, but the GSG was this one home class that you always had the same kids in that you would always come to every day. But it was only like a 30 minute class. It was designed to be... Like to arrive. Yeah. Yeah. It was like at 10 a.m. So it was always this kind of blanket time period where everybody in the school was doing their GSG no matter what grade at that time of day. It was like it was kind of a fun blow off time period. Right. You were expected to do these team building exercises, but a lot of the times that ended up just kind of spiraling into slack off time. So it was a really cool kind of period, but I always looked forward to being a GSG leader because every GSG group had somewhere between like one to three leaders. It's like the prefects in Harry Potter. Exactly. Since the, the very first day of middle school in sixth grade, I told myself I want to be that person. I want to be that leader because the leader got all the respect and praise. And I auditioned in seventh grade at the end of seventh grade and I was accepted. And so I was a GSG leader in my eighth grade. And the other cool thing about being a GSG leader was that you got special uniforms so at my middle school there were only three colors to choose from for polos but if you were a gsg leader you got special polo colors that would help you stand out and distinguish yourself as a leader those polos were like a dark forest green and a maroon kind of like officer uniforms in a way it's kind of like you were special that that was a key distinction of my eighth grade but if i remember it correctly i was probably a pretty bad leader Oh, but you made it. I made it, but I was just like a super slack off type of leader that I just wanted to play games and have fun. And I didn't, I kind of ignored the team building learning lessons aspect of it. It was also probably a pivotal period for developing this class clown mentality for myself, which would certainly carry on into my high school years. And so that's my eighth grade. What about you? (laughs) Well, I was in Catholic school. I've explored it before on this podcast, but I was in a very small Catholic school. So basically, the way you had the same group of kids every day, mine was the same for the whole day. And it was 13 of us. I couldn't imagine all that. Right. And we would switch classes, but like as a group. 
Mm. Like, we're <laughs> there's no more people. <laughs> so we all had the same exact classes. So it was a very weird and unique experience. Instead of there being multiple people for each stereotype, there was just one person to represent all these cliches. So, you, right, like rather than having a whole clique yeah. of those people, you had just a representative. Yes, just just like one. It was like the UN of high school <laughs> cliches. Middle school. Middle school cliches. Yeah, like we obviously didn't have everyone, but, you know, you would I mean, have one, one slut and <laughs> one nerd and one... Like perv, we definitely had one perv. <laughs> well, they were all pervs, but there was one main perv, and then there would be like the one, you know, rebellious one that got expelled, you know. But aren't the <laughs> cliches like the same between middle school and high school? High school is just like an amplified version well, of them. Well, high school's a little—it's uh, different because there's a lot more mixture with like adult things. I feel like, but middle school, it's more about still kid stuff, but mm-hmm. then some teen stuff and. For high school, it's more like teen stuff and then some adult stuff. Because, mm. you know, you have to start thinking about after high school and stuff like that. Uh-huh. So I think middle school is more immature. <laughs> uh, what? I mean, no, I, I agree. It, it really is. No, I, yeah. And it was just the boys are so nasty. Yeah. <laughs> I feel so bad. Like when I look back at it and I have to be completely honest about <laughs> what I did in middle school, it's embarrassing and shameful. Shameful. Yeah. Um, it's awful. That's where I learned to inappropriately touch girls' body parts. Right. And yeah, that was that was like definitely one of the key things that defined my eighth grade didn't do that as much in high school. That's good. Yeah, so that's good. But yeah, it was I didn't experience it much after middle school mm-hmm. or at all. Yeah. Yeah, like in high school. But it was like this dare thing, right? Well, we had Slap Ass Friday. Oh, God. <laughs> so. You didn't. Yeah. Oh, did you get your ass slapped? Yes, oh my of gosh. course. And then I think the, the biggest drama things that would happen is when I, someone would get pantsed. But luckily, Pantsed? yeah, do you know what that is? Please tell our know. viewers <laughs> what listeners is pants. You don't know what pants. Like oh, you they're watching. Pants? All right. <laughs> no, like it just means someone pulled your pants down. Oh, what? Yeah. But like it wouldn't happen to the girls. I mean, we didn't have a term for that, but I think that happened. I think you had a term for it. it it's a universal term. It's, it wasn't just my school. We probably called it like jumped. Like, oh, they jumped. got jumped. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's called pants. That would happen to the boys. Was it I because the boys had like sagging slacks? No, we, we, we had a lot of sagging slacks. We weren't allowed. Slacks. So that's a lot of things that changed my experience too. It's like in Catholic school, it was strict as hell. Like you had skirt checks. You couldn't wear makeup. You couldn't have weird hair. The boys had to have short hair. And a belt like they would get like you would get like written up if you forgot your belt that day or whatever your tie like girls had ties. You know, one girl would wear eyeliner all the time and they would make her wash it off or like dark nail polish. So it was really hard. Oh, to be, that's a bummer. It was really hard to be. It's emo. a pretty conservative environment. It was like we, we couldn't be emo. Um, my middle school, I think, had fifteen hundred kids in it. 
Oh. And so <laughs> it was impossible to manage stuff like that. So yeah. they did they did their very hardest to <laughs> regulate as much as they could of our experience. It's, I mean, we had these very strict uniforms and I mean, they were pretty strict about it, even though a lot of people got away with the modifying maybe their mm-hmm. uniform. But on the whole, you had the polos and the slacks and that was what you could wear. I wonder yeah, if it's we, still like that. We just probably in some it was, middle schools. In my opinion, it was just a way for the school to make extra money because yeah. they forced you to go and buy yes. these special polos that had their uh, uh, logo or sorry, their initials emblemed yeah, on yeah. it, stitched on there. And these po- shirts were outrageously expensive. Yes. I mean, we're talking like 25, mine, 30 bucks a pop. Yeah, mine were super expensive. It was awful. I kind of recall maybe there was this program where like if you had good conduct or good grades or something, then you were allowed to do like maybe if it was like if you got A's and B's or something on your report cards. Oh, I forgot about report cards. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I was stellar. Oh, <laughs> I was like a downward trajectory. <laughs> I, I started off on the top and... Never got back there. I, I graduated valedictorian of my 13-person class. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> it's a huge accomplishment. Congratulations. How do I, you feel? I gave a speech. It was oh. very heartfelt. <laughs> I, I want to hear that speech. I'm yeah, sure somebody too. recorded it. <laughs> I don't think so. You, you don't think the school has archives that no, we could go back to? The school was low budget. Um, they have 13 kids. Yeah. How much tuition can you get out of them? Oh. But anyway, yeah. Yeah, so what I'm trying to say is that there was some sort of special thing where if you performed well, then on one day, it was like the last Friday of the month, I guess, or whatever, you would get to wear. Yeah, but it wasn't really free dress day. It was like a solid color. Yeah. (laughs) That was fucked up. We had that like once that they tried it, that they let us. And I got in trouble for my cleavage. Exactly. Like. Exactly. I didn't have... I mean, I had boobs, but I didn't like the shirt I was wearing did not show my cleavage. I don't have cleavage like that. That shows. Mm. It was just like a little bit low, like here. Mm-hmm. I'm showing you. Yeah. I mean, that's like, natural. Not. It wasn't showing my, my cleavage. Right. It was just the tip. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, I don't have a tip. That's My cleavage isn't like that. Right. So, oh wow, <laughs> it's very detailed. <laughs> anyway, I got in trouble, and aren't we supposed to be like talking about a movie or yeah. a TV show or something? <laughs> we are, but <laughs> we're. Um, I got in trouble. The teacher told me, pulled me aside, and was like, "What would your mother think?" Uh, my mother, guilting that, you? Yeah, my mother, who has like, a, she's like a Mexican fashion woman. She's has her cleavage out every day, like oh. very visibly, like normal, like mm-hmm. a, like a woman, normal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, it, it was just a bad thing to say because my mom is fashionable and not modest. You know, like she wasn't one of the stupid religious ladies. Mm-hmm. And we had a lot of religion class and it was a mess and they would send us to chapel all the time when we were bad. And I talked Chapel, is that where you repent? Yes, <laughs> that is where you repent. <laughs> we probably should have had something like that on our campus, but <laughs> 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 
We just had the basketball court <laughs> in the gym. Yeah. It was weird actually thinking about that because I lived in the neighborhood of that middle school oh, for uh-huh. a really long time. Even I actually after. lived close to. Yeah. I could have walked, but I didn't. But like I got to watch these developments that were made after I had already left the school oh. and they really like incredibly improved the kind of playgrounds outside significantly after i left and it just was like kind of a bummer because it's like we just had this like basically like a field with potholes in it every now and then <laughs> and we literally had old basketball court. in a parking lot <laughs> <laughs> oh well <laughs> i guess i should count my blessings you should <laughs> oh my goodness. it was so rash we would have mass in the gym like mass is like religious, I, right? Oh, yeah. oh, oh! And we all not like checking your weight. No, not like because <laughs> that would make sense in the gym. Yeah. Speaking of the gym, which is what I'll leave this on the note of. Okay. Oh, uh, <laughs> I remember now. My eighth grade was marred by uh, the last day because it was like the last full day, which I guess was like the second to last day because the last day was a abbreviated day or whatever. So the second to last day of my eighth grade of my whole middle school career enrollment attendance i got in trouble we were in gym we were in pe and i got in trouble for having a wet hand that it was kind of like did you you do that joke i remember everyone did that joke in middle school what was it don't you just hate it when you pee on your hands and they're like they like ew that's disgusting no that's (laughs) no we didn't have anything like that i don't remember Okay. Well, no. So, so this you was. Had a wet hand. I was not going that direction. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I was. I guess I don't know what I was doing. So I don't remember exactly how my hand got wet. Like if I was washing my hands and I didn't dry or them or something. I mean, I imagine I must have washed my hands in the locker room and I didn't dry them. Maybe there weren't paper towels or something. What happened was that I went out to the gymnasium and we were doing, I guess, like dodgeball, just like you know, different group activities. And I went up to one of the female gym coaches and I like patted her on the back or something. And another coach had like pointed out how like her back was all wet and soaking from like my hand being on the back of her. And they, they called me into the uh, assistant's principal's office for it because they wanted to claim that I did it on purpose to, I guess, make fun of her or something. And I mean, I don't know how they could prove anything like that. And I tried to, you know say i didn't do that on purpose but somehow or another i ended up getting an in school suspension because of it on hell? on my last full day oh my of God. middle school and you it was just so, awful you're such a troublemaker i was Cameron. no i i think that they just targeted me and they were out to get me because i was a class clown and i never got busted on the previous offenses that they missed <laughs> and so they were like you know what you had this coming that's true uh, yeah and i feel like that carried on over into high school too but i don't blame them like because in reality i was kind of a dipshit uh, i believe it <laughs> i was For the opposite i was super like teacher's pet trying to have the best grades very quiet oh you look very composed in all of those photos i saw <laughs> i was very i would the only thing i would get in trouble for was being too quiet were you I the teacher's pet some teachers <laughs> yeah did they ever pick on you for being the teacher's pet no would they pick I, on I, you for being no, quiet no listen honestly the best way i think the reason i wasn't like 
totally friendless. The butt of the joke. Oh. Yeah, or anything like that was because I earned people's respect through like the my grades, but then no one wants to be mean to you because you have all the answers to everything. Right. You help everyone with the homework. That's how my elementary school was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, in elementary school, grades don't matter, though. <laughs> well, they, I know. I get that. They feel like they do, but they don't. I don't know what it was. I don't know why, but I was just doing good, and I always did good, and so I became that smart kid. I was also the artistic kid, so I was able to help the other kids in all of the creative classes oh, uh-huh. um, in elementary school. So eventually in like fourth and fifth grade, I became, I mean, I was, I was a victim of a lot of bullying, especially mm-hmm. like gay shaming. Right. Um, that I was, that happened a lot to me in elementary school. But then by the time I got around to fifth grade, not uh, in middle school. No, that really? didn't happen. Yeah. They didn't do that. That's surprising and lucky. I agree. I mean, I don't know if it came with the territory of the neighborhood being in it. Like, or what but that was never really not that i can remember at least never nobody ever made fun of others being gay that's good yeah in fact i remember seeing like like lesbian couples or something like that like holding hands that's cool yeah i guess since in in religious school it was so taboo and i I don't know it was just every boy was saying that and literally it was to the girls too like the biggest insult possible at my school was like to be called the gender you're not Mm -hmm. like they would call girls that weren't like they didn't think were attractive that day they'd be like oh she's a man (laughs) like (laughs) hilarious that's the ultimate yeah but i feel like that was just a standard what do you mean a standard well so like (laughs) i don't know why but in the sandlot there's this really iconic scene where the rival baseball uh, little league group comes over and they pick on them <laughs> and so they have this back and forth going uh, exchange going back and forth with insults and the ultimate insult ends up being one of the kids going you play baseball like a girl well, and no, then it, they're I, like oh what did you just say oh hell oh we we are going to showdown and so that's what well i know i'm just I, for the boys i'm saying that's like normal it's predictable and everyone is calling each other gay for anything but I, it was just funny like to the girls too like to call them men and it's like i i fantasize a lot about going back <laughs> and with my just like confidence of now with your progressive consciousness sure <laughs> just like my confidence now that like those insults are so dumb oh and like i, I make no sense and like i would never be insulted by someone calling me a man like but like didn't you just recently look into your emails well, yeah. and you were like look i can't believe i talked like that yeah exactly and there, it was so sexist and like there's one part where the guy and it was my crush that oh. i was emailing yeah and I said something was cute, probably trying to flirt with him. And then she, he was like, you think everything's cute? Uh, and then I'm, I respond like, I'm a girl. I'm supposed to uh, think things are cute. Uh, <laughs> so you like, you, you fall into it. Yeah, you become yeah, part I def- of it. I clearly did. That's mm-hmm. the thing that like, that was such a, a thing. Like you had to be like girly or you'll be called a man or like i think that's the weirdness of eighth grade because (laughs) you're exploring trying to talk to the opposite sex for the first time really yeah on a legitimate (laughs) level with some sort of intention yeah and so (laughs) that's where like flirting gets misconstrued and strange yeah that's very relevant and then the media that we watch has exactly wants to try to 
define it well, for you us. Well, you saw he he sent me like emoticon porn. <laughs> yeah, that it was, was like a, taking it to another level. Well, y'all y'all remember those like they like you can make pictures with like parentheses and like slashes mm-hmm. on the keyboard. That's, that's and what I remember I'm making the penis with yes. with the figure eight yeah, equal the, signs and an arrow. <laughs> or no, a three. Wait, no, an arrow. You're right. <laughs> I remember a, the three being boobs. The three was the ball sometimes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway yes so he made like a woman (laughs) and then the penis yeah i had never i've seen the (laughs) penis before but i never saw the woman (laughs) laying down that was just like and it was weird it took me a second to figure out what (laughs) it was trying to represent well yeah so it was just uh, (laughs) and so with that we're going to talk today about About eighth grade so if you don't know we're listening or well we're not just gonna talk about eighth grade the experience like we have been we're talking about the movie eighth grade in case you didn't know that's a movie (laughs) and if you don't know we are haiki book club hosted by zeleni and and cameron (laughs) in austin texas no i'm zeleni no i'm zeleni i'm cameron and we're like a book club but for for tv shows and movies yes and today is the movie Eighth Grade, which is very recent. just came out. Yes. Written and directed by Bo Burnham. Bo Burnham. In this house, in this club, we are big fans of Bo Burnham. Mm-hmm. By we, I mean me. And we must support him. I wouldn't say I'm a big fan. <sighs> Whatever. I don't go out of my way to seek Bo Burnham. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but he had a pretty good country song in that I in love the, fi- the country song is my one of my probably my favorite we watched it in the pop music class yes so good because it's good i just love satire he that's Mm -hmm. why he like his songs are all satirical but like sound like real songs that are out there and that's why i love them because it's like making fun of the type of music that's out there but anyway i do want to say for this movie it's it's a really great movie it's very coming of age very indie slice of life (laughs) Mm -hmm. and Kind of a little sister to Lady Bird. I've heard it compared. Oh, okay. But it's very, very real, like very accurate. And the realism is very much there. So Mm -hmm. if you're into realism, definitely. Yeah. And And sorry, one last thing. Bo Burnham, whether you're like a big fan or not a big fan, it's not very much related to anything you've seen of Bo Burnham, if you've seen stuff. So like... If you don't love, because I know a lot of people don't love his stand-up or anything, but it's completely different. I, I just feel like that's worth mentioning because people might think it's very like Bo Burnham-y. Right. But it's it's very And it much didn't come off to me that way at all, no. but neither did his interview on NPR that I tuned <laughs> into. Well, he's a very smart guy. He is. And so it's leading me to, I mean, first off, I need to watch more Bo Burnham to get a better picture and understanding of him it's leading me to believe that he has a persona that he's created in his works no that's like known he his stand-up persona is like mean and angry and stuff and that's totally like his character bo burnham right but like real bo burnham is very much like seems kind of like an awkward introverted guy that's Mm -hmm. just very smart very creative too very creative he's very smart and musical yeah Mm. 
But yeah, this this is totally different. Like if if you didn't know it was written or by Bo Burnham, I, like you wouldn't be able to just guess that, right? In any way, it's a so this is a very artistic movie in my opinion, and. When watching it, it's, it doesn't have the Hollywood bells and whistles that yeah. I think that we've come accustomed to thinking about a teen movie as, yeah. where it's going to be very stylized, very sure. much like this. It's you glamorized. Know, it's like, I mean, like it's a, a plot of trying to get to the prom, you know, something yes, like that. Yes. And just like that, you know, in, in teen movies, they always look five years older than the age. Like, think Lizzie McGuire movie. Right. She's the same age. Right. Uh, she's in eighth grade, Hilary Duff, supposedly. But she, in reality, she's like 18. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she looks 18 and dresses 18. You know, it's there's none of that. She looks 13. Everyone, even like the popular girls that are like cute, they look like the cute girls that were like in yeah. her classes. You know, like. Well, that's what I was like kind of blowing my mind is that they had to get a lot of these actors around yeah, this age. I was thinking and about. they were good at acting. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about how much. It looked real. Like behind the scenes how much it was similar because they're still that age and that level of like non-maturity so like i wonder if behind the scenes there was moment a lot of moments of like these kids they're Uh, dumb you know uh, like (laughs) well so i think this is a there's an aspect of this that is important to make the film work and that's the relationship between uh the protagonist and her father but we'll get to that oh i know for sure i'm just saying that it does for anybody who's you know uncertain about the film it does do a good job of keeping it in context of the family and giving a very real experience but then also going much deeper than just this plot you know type of movie it goes in my opinion into the it's really a character driven movie and it's driven a lot by the psychology i think it tries to dive into the psychology of the difference between a current 13 year old and uh, an adult trying to understand and interpret the world that modern kids live in now yeah, that an adult is, can't relate to. Yeah. Just and in the, same and way. the world of now is super different from any, a lot of eras, even from your era to my era of right. middle school and then right. old, older people. But it's also like the same. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a very much the same experience in mm-hmm. many ways you know it's just social well, like media it's just the way they do it now right. but it's the same things yeah from the same th- behaviors and the same attitudes yeah just different mediums and choices yeah yeah <laughs> i it's, agree it's all the same i mean that's a lot of what i was being reminded of when watching it yeah just so many like lines from it i had heard said to me or around like before hmm. especially we're following a, a quieter uh, protagonist, and I related a lot to that. Yeah, I mean, there's not much research right now on it. It literally just came out. Right now, it's still in limited release. Oh, so we got lucky? Yeah, that Austin was one Dang. of them, yeah. but that's so, <laughs> that's so weird to me. Just because, so yesterday I was on a film shoot, and I was talking to my assistant about it, because we're both in the film school at UT, and... I was telling her how I, I was like, I'm so ex- uh, excited because I just saw eighth grade. It's this cool new movie. And she was like, oh, yeah, I saw that at South by. Oh, and I yeah, was like, it was oh. at South by. Yeah. True. And and so she she wasn't ex- as excited about right, it because right, it's right. like she had already done been seeing it. Yeah. I It premiered at Sundance in January. Uh-huh. It was at South by. And now 
it's having like limited releases and I think depending on how it does, but it's going to do fine. I hope so. I think so. I mean, yeah, it's been, it's very highly reviewed. So like, I think that's a good way to get people out. I mean, Jesus, the Alamo draft house that we went to, it was packed. It was, it was super packed. We had to get a later showing because (laughs) the seven o'clock show was already full. It was, I think it'll, it'll be fine. It'll get, wide release after this mm-hmm. and uh, that's great for an indie movie i mean it's the same production company as lady bird and moon Knight, a24 yeah they do kind of like the indie stuff clearly like a style i mm-hmm. feel like and it, i feel like it fits right in with those movies well they're trying to in my opinion kind of make a brand well definitely and they're trying to carve themselves out as being the kind of miramax of the 21st century I don't know if you are too familiar with Miramax. I mean, I, I've heard of them. I just well, don't it's like care Weinstein's kind of side project, I guess. Oh, he had put a lot of money into it back in the '90s. Essentially, I think Miramax ended up getting bought by Disney, and so, but Miramax was considered like the burgeoning indie film distributor of the late '80s, early '90s, and then. They, I think it was acquired by Disney in 93 and then they released Pulp Fiction in 94 and it's like, oh, Miramax is the leading indie movie mm. distributor. But then eventually I mean, it always changes. Yeah. A24 is kind of our current one. That's like, right. Ooh, it's the one, the Oscar buzz. So and so we talked about that in my Business of Hollywood course and about how history shows us that A24 is eventually going to try to expand into larger productions but i hope that optimistically that they would be able to maintain this trying to keep low budget independent producers and filmmakers with distribution rights i feel like it's just this the circle of life of these things though like they'll grow and become the next whatever's the big one and then a new thing will come up that'll be the new a24 you know it's just it's just a cycle I'm not too worried about it. Cool. B25. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we can move on. The only thing, I, I sort of got a box office number, but it's literally so soon that it doesn't really... I couldn't even find the budget. <laughs> I couldn't. Huh. <laughs> so I'm going to say that it had a budget of I don't have, $5 million. I don't have I budget. know, but maybe at some point we'll figure it out. Okay. I'm going to say it had a budget of $5 million or maybe $7 million. And then so far, the box office probably is like, I don't know, $5 million, $7 million. No, it's it's a lot less. Oh, I really? mean, it's it literally just came out in L.A. and New York and then here in nine, so it's like two nine million? cities. No, it's like 1.2 is the highest number I saw. But I also saw lower numbers more like in the half mil range. So right. I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm sure it'll grow. Those Alamo Draft House receipts are going to start pouring in. <laughs> Over the, right now, as we speak, <laughs> as we're recording this, they're tracking right. that. I'm excited. I mean, just to put a button on all of on the section, I definitely would recommend it. I'd recommend it for really anybody, for an adult or for a yeah. teenager. It does a really great job of allowing us to feel empathetic for the experience of an eighth grader, while also, if you wanted to think critically in context of the type of movie it is, I think it does a great job of showing the flaws of a more mainstream version of this type of plot or movie and (laughs) which gives me a lot of hope for what's next in the movie industry and trying to bring more realism in the portrayal of it's a lot about 
stage of life. Realism right now. Yeah, and it's honestly nostalgic, and everyone loves nostalgia. It's like... That's what sells. It sells, and I I get nostalgic for middle school, like, hardcore, probably, like, once a year. Not in a, like, I wish I was back there kind of way, except for the part where I tell everyone to fuck off and (laughs) then come back to my adult life. But (laughs) I just, like... I don't know something triggers it like for this year is this movie I guess but where I sort of revisit things about that time period or like the music that happened a lot to me mm. the music of that time like the emo music I've listened to Green Day that makes a lot of sense yeah it just I don't I, know why like a, oh, it just comes back to me that is so interesting to me because as hearing you talk about your experience with nostalgia of middle school I don't have those similar nostalgic feelings about middle school i'll be clear i have deep nostalgic feelings for my high school experience but you know you and i've gone over personally why that is because it was sort of a unique type of experience but definitely when i think of middle school i am incredibly nostalgic over the music of that time period and it's like you know, I'm I'm a 27 year old now, but I feel like I'll be a 50 year old still going back to yeah 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 <laughs> yeah right yeah. Oh, tra- that's my little John. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh god. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, that just, was like the big song for me. For me, it was the emo music. Green Day was really big in my school mm. at that time for some reasons, yeah. and Good Charlotte and Fall Out Boy and all those. Breaking Benjamin, dark it, stuff. And it's just amazing. <laughs> I think that there's a lot to that could go into that type of uh, study. Like if we were kind of if we were clinical psychologists or whatever, just thinking about how these specific pieces of music can help us recall such tangible, vivid memories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it makes me wonder, like our parents, do they have that same type of experience with 70s and 80s music? Right. It's hard for me with my parents because they're foreign. So it's like a whole different ball game. Mm-hmm. But it's still the same thing. Like, And, and it's very Americanized anyway, like music is. Mm-hmm. So like they definitely... Like my mom always talks about the 80s mm-hmm. when she hears like an 80s song. She's like, yeah. Right. But it's, it's kind of... It's more general like in her youth. Got it. Yeah. I feel like everyone can feel nostalgic mm-hmm. for those times of like growing up. But anyway, cool. I, I definitely recommend it. I think anyone can relate to nostalgia and it'll bring up fun stuff for your for your own and cringy stuff. Yeah. I mean, I've found so much cringy stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> some stories, some drawings. Oh, God. I mean, like like you said, it's just it's embarrassing to see how we talked back then and how we thought was normal. Yes. What we thought was funny. Yeah. What we thought was cute yeah but you can see you can see like reading it back now you can see through it completely yeah it's like oh for sure you see all the insecurities but especially yours yours is (laughs) like you have built-in parentheses it's like (laughs) i I would put stuff in parentheses i was like like this is how i'm really thinking about what i just said (laughs) i'd be like oh this is my phone number parentheses i have a feeling you'll need it <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> ridiculous and I'll, I'll leave this as a tease for the next half but i have an email that i sent to myself i was in sixth grade and i sent my future self an email so it's like a service that emails you back in 
a certain number of years after mm-hmm. you send it. So it's kind of like a time capsule thing. And well, we're, we're going to read it, read what it said from my sixth grade self to my eighth grade self <laughs> in the second half. What? And if you've seen the movie, you know why that's relevant to it. Wow. But that's all I'll say. That's wild. I'm so scared and excited. <laughs> It's pretty short. It's like a sentence. <laughs> well, like, so here's the thing for me with, well, for like, okay, just because okay. with you in middle school, because of your Catholic school, you, all you guys had were, was email, well, which I think is so funny. Just, I think we just didn't have like a centralized, like, I don't, I don't think we had like an agreed upon thing to use until Facebook came literally right after I, I left middle school and then everyone got on facebook or like maybe it was even eighth grade actually i think it was between seventh and eighth grade so we already had facebook in eighth grade but like that's crazy to me yeah (laughs) i know you're old i definitely like (laughs) when i was in eighth grade that was like when facebook was invented (laughs) yeah eventually we got into aim and msn but i think it was in that like sixth and seventh grade where no, everyone was all over the place. Some people on MySpace, some right. people like all the Mexicans right. were on MSN and I'm a Mexican. So right. I, I would talk to them there and then I would talk to the white people on AIM and I didn't have a MySpace because I was too like uncool to know what it was. I just heard of it from the older kids. Oh. And then <laughs> so we would just use email at first and then eventually we got on the chats. Honestly, MySpace was like a hybrid of in my opinion, like a hybrid of Facebook and Tumblr. Tumblr, yeah. Definitely. And so Facebook did a really great job of identifying, in my opinion, I think they identified what the flaws were mm-hmm. with MySpace and did everything they could to avoid making those flaws. Yeah. What MySpace's demise was, was the over-customization right, 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 features right. that they wanted to offer. And it ended up really bugging their uh, platform. And so Facebook realized, all right, we can't allow the customer, the clients to literally go edit their HTML right, right, right. of their profiles. And yeah. because you can make it where like, I know what my space yeah. does. Anyway. People okay. Know. <laughs> I kind of miss it. <laughs> right. There's the cool stuff about it. And I wish I had been on it, but yeah. I was very slow. Like I was always behind on things. I was, my family was foreign, so mm. they didn't know anything about what was going on and i don't know i guess i just no i get that you know it's just like i was so lost and I mean, easily lost well i basically was too except my out was through my stepbrother oh, and yeah. see i didn't have any like yeah. older guidance that was close i would have like acquaintances in yeah. higher grades but not like i got really lucky with that because well a when I went over to their house, they had a really nice fancy computer with broadband fast internet. And that's what kind of introduced me to the potentials of this type of experience. And also, though, I was able to get perspective of high school while I was in middle school and sort of like always be kind of ahead of the curve in that sense, I guess. But I didn't get onto MySpace and Facebook until high school when it was becoming popular anyway. We had AIM. Mm-hmm. That was a big thing in middle school, I remember. And I definitely yeah. remember, man, I would just stay up like all night, like yeah. till four or five in the morning on AIM, going back and forth with people. Uh, definitely Same. girls. And yeah, I would, yeah. Yeah. The Literally, if I hear those sounds today, I'm still oh, triggered. For sure. Like the shutting of the door, yeah. someone going, leaving. 
Because I was literally always there. And literally half the emails that I, I found were all like him emailing me, right. get on AIM, ah, get on AIM. Ah. Like they're all like, why aren't you on AIM? That's <laughs> like, crazy. Yeah. It's I like, wonder why would you email me? <laughs> I wonder if we would text each other that like probably to say like get on aim or like why aren't you on aim because yeah. i didn't <laughs> i didn't i definitely did not know about email and did not do email even when high school so weird <laughs> cool thing i liked about aim was that it had the little window vertical window on the side yeah, of the yeah, screen yeah. so that was really right cool my last note is about aim is that i remember it was so cool when in eighth grade the physics and chemistry ipc whatever it was called integrated physics chemistry uh class the teacher of it he had an aim profile and i remember it was like this, this really cool thing the one time when we learned that one of our cool teachers had an aim account and we were able to like talk to him through aim but now i think it'd be weird to like go and at least while you're in school go and try to be facebook friends with right, your right, teacher right. And professor. They, they don't usually let, let that happen well cool so thanks so much for checking us out we'll uh, be back next week for oh wait no wait we got more to go through oh wow that's only the first half so we're gonna go into spoiler land now we're gonna go uh deeper into the movie we're gonna talk about specific scenes and characters and plot points so if you haven't had a chance to watch eighth grade or if you just weren't in eighth grade (laughs) if you didn't have it uh probably just stop right here and Continue listening if you have seen it because we want to make sure that we don't uh, ruin anything for anybody who hasn't watched it yet. So (laughs) with that being said, we'll see you in the next half. I'm wondering if I should post the emoticon porn. Twitter. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> it's not graphic, I promise. It was it was a little traumatizing for me to be uh, honest. Really? Yeah. Wow. I guess I guess luckily there's no squigglies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, got it. Right. So if you saw you'd get it. But anyway. I guess at least rated R. <laughs> yes. I guess that's what determines. It is so R. weird. I'm telling you though, they're gonna look in a hundred years, they're gonna look back <laughs> on us like, "What?" <laughs> no, honestly, yeah, our spelling was like ridiculous. It was like another language. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you didn't even know what a capitalized letter was. <laughs> it's, it's like you'd never heard of the shift key. Well, okay, welcome so, back. Yes, welcome back. Spoiler part. Yay. Um. <laughs> so. So we're covering eighth grade. A few. Yes, a few things. So I thought it was interesting the YouTubing. It wasn't YouTube. It was like an Instagram channel. What? Was it like a YouTube channel? What she had? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. She was a YouTuber, quote unquote, with no views. And and I totally relate to that. Not back then, but I relate to it now of just putting stuff out there just for the sake, for fun. You know, like, mm-hmm. like high key is the same thing. I was like, relatable. Yeah. It was like high key. Like, someone can listen if they want, but also like... It's not for other people. It's for yourself. Right. And that's kind of what her YouTube was. Because everything that she was telling people in the YouTube video was so clearly to herself. Right. You know, it's exactly. like advice that she needed to hear. But like no one else was giving it to her. So like she was giving it to herself. One of my favorite aspects of how they did it in the movie was they would overlay the audio yeah. of the video on top of 
an actual scene yeah, of what yeah, she's yeah. doing in middle school. And, and how it like it was lined up. different or lined up. Right. Like sometimes it was like she was she was accomplishing what she was saying and sometimes she wasn't really like acting on that what advice. She, yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, it's scary type of stuff. It's right. Like, it's like being confident or putting yourself out there. One of the, the, the part that I remember the best of that is when she's going to her friend's birthday party right that well it's not her friend it's right, someone right. that was forced to invite the her the popular which, girl but that's such a thing with stupid it is. stupid parents I know. like my mom was friends with all the mexican moms and oh. she would be like why don't you date you know aloncito or like you know she would call like she would want me to date or be friends with like all her friends Aww. children even if they were annoying i'm just sad because i can't relate I mean, I, I get it, though, because my mom wasn't friends with a lot of people. That's why it was annoying. She only wanted me to, like, be friends with a, her couple friends. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's it. No one else. <laughs> yeah. You know, I and I tried the it was like I think my seventh grade was when I decided. I, and I think what spurred it was my stepbrother because I saw how often he would go to his friend's house or friends would come over to hang out with him and i was just like why why don't i do this why can't i don't i didn't do yeah. that a lot she just wanted me to be friends with them at school yeah but even though if we were like we had nothing in common right you know? i always wanted that lifestyle i saw like the rich people or like the people that all went to the same church or whatever the hell and they would because they were all like all the families were friends they would be at each other's houses and stuff and i would be like all mad about it because I was always in my house alone. Always. Mm. Literally always. <laughs> That's so... I just... Yeah. Man. I related to that, to her, Kayla, the, the character, a lot in that. That mm-hmm. she was, like, lonely at home. And it, even a single parent. Right. I, I did have a little brother, but he was six years younger. So, like, it wasn't... We were basically, like, two only children. Hmm. Just like that, like, isolation in your room and feeling like everyone else is having all these experiences and they have extracurriculars and sports and I never had anything like that because I hated sports and <laughs> that's it. That's like the main thing people do. And I didn't play instruments. Those are like the two main things yeah. that people did and I would be jealous. <laughs> At my school, the big one was speech and debate. Oh, that makes so, sense for you. Yeah, we had like this top tier, like always got like first or second place national speech and debate team so it was one of those things where i felt like only the endowed students oh yeah and families well, even heard about speech and debate and knew about it um and, and it was like any extracurricular yeah it was it almost seemed like the parents deliberately enrolled their kids at the school to go to the speech and debate program and my mom had no clue what yeah, anything yeah, like that was about she didn't do any type of pta stuff and so i didn't find out a, about speech and debate until my eighth grade when it was already too late yeah, yeah. No, and in, in my school, we didn't even have extracurriculars as part of the school because we were so poor. Or not poor. I mean, it's weird because we're poor, but it's rich people going. But, you know, th- we had 13 people, so you can't make extracurriculars yeah. out of, like, two yeah. people. So you had to find your extracurriculars outside of, like, club. And did you have any? No. No. Because that's fancy. That's really it is. expensive. It is. Like, club sports. Yeah. Like, are you kidding? Yeah, that was that was that was that was my middle school. But that's relatable. We to had the a lot movie. of like country club type of oh, girl. classmates. My classmates had their own planes. Oh, oh. 
I remember now. Yeah. Or like, you know, a coach purses and all that. Anyway, that's relatable about her too. I like that. She's like average, like and and mm-hmm. her dad is a single parent, which we both we're both from single moms. It, it's harder for them because they work and stuff. They're not like over there involved and getting you, you know, coming over to people's houses and all that because they're worried about working. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. For so sure. it's the same in this movie, except it's a dad, which is an interesting. I mean, that's a harder dynamic. I feel like even though it, it was cool to see like what it, having a real dad is like, you know, because mm-hmm. I, I never had. It's just so funny. Like, American Dad seems so funny to have. Like, the kind that, like, this movie is portraying. That sure. That make, like, dad jokes and stuff. Like, to me, that's so cool because I never had that. But if to, to people that have dads like that, they're like, oh, dad. I get it in terms of this, this movie because when you're that age, you don't want to have anything to do with your parents. Right, right. You no, just want I, them to give you money and drop you off. And I definitely you get it. I just think it's interesting because... I had a similar experience with my mom, who's super goofy and, like, loves singing and stuff and embarrassing me. So, like, it's the same kind of stuff. That's the thing. Man, I was so embarrassed by my parents in middle school and even high school. And I look back at it now just thinking how... I mean, it was natural, I guess, now, but it was also so childish. Like, it's, it was right, unnecessary. Right. It was only me that were having was having those negative perceptions of my own right. parents. Like, that's <laughs> not how anybody else would have looked at them. Yeah, I was so embarrassed by my grandma because she's crazy. Mm-hmm. And she, like, she would... You know how they there's a line to, like, pick you up, like a car line yeah. to pick you up from school or whatever? She would, like, honk at people. And, like, yell at them and stuff. It was so embarrassing. Oh, that's hard. Uh. That's hard. Uh, so, so it is interesting that they have a single parent. I didn't hear about what happened to the mom. She they all left. Yeah, he, she, he what does that, that mean? I mean, same thing as, like, my dad. That's what I would say. Oh, okay. So she just... She she left the family. Yeah, I think that's what, what it means. What kind of mom does that? I know. it's. I feel like it's pretty rare, but I mean, it's not unheard of either. That's true. You know? He looks I, a lot like Jim Carrey. Yeah. Didn't he? He did. I agree. Like, he must get that a lot. I feel bad. But like, his name is Josh Hamilton. I wish Jim Carrey had been the dad. Oh my God. That's fucked up. He did a great job. No, don't get me wrong. He did a great, fantastic job. Yeah. It's just, he did look like Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like... I guess Jim Carrey's older now, so like Jim Carrey a few years ago without right. the gray hair and whatnot. Yeah, and giant beard. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate that he wrote this as a single parent perspective. I mean, yeah. it adds a new different element to it, but I also appreciate that there's only that one moment really when they're around the fire and she's Yay. burning her sixth grade box or whatever, her time capsule, that that's the only time that they even acknowledge the other parent otherwise it is this unspoken part of the story that it's just the single parent that's raising her they don't and they don't make they don't make a big deal out of it right that's more real because you're not you know it's like in in cheesier movies the cheesier it is you get the very obvious exposition yeah you know and and they would have had the score that is like dramatic and sad (laughs) <laughs> was there even a score really well, in this that's, movie? I wanted to talk about the music because it was very like not orchestral at least. There wasn't an orchestral type of score. Right. It was like it was a more experimental, I would call it, the music or yeah. like the scoring because you know, it had like crazy moments that were like 
heightened. It, well, yeah, like the the main one was eyes. With, with the eyes with the yeah. with the cute guy. Yeah, yeah. And my uh, seriously, my favorite. Like I, I laughed I don't get so why hard the first time they did it. I can't confirm. Yeah, like make like making these moments that are completely mundane, like super dramatic, which mirrors. But it was real. Right, it mirrors like what's on the inside. Yeah. Like this matters a lot exactly. to the to the protagonist, to Caleb. But so like it's it, when they're doing the superlatives. Yeah. And well, no, no, it's when they're just calling him up to like leave for it in the classroom because they they do the superlatives in the auditorium. No, I know, but don't they have like they're calling him up for that and he's leaving. Right. But it doesn't matter that much. And they go like best eyes, Aiden, blah blah blah, yeah. and then. It cuts to him and that music and the music, it's like they, the way that it's mixed, it's so loud. (laughs) It's like over the top loud and banging. And it's like you're in this like club rave all of a sudden. And it's so stylized in a really appropriate way for me. I laughed so hard. And then I love how like they cut it so abruptly when she's trying to say, oh, congratulations. Yeah. (laughs) Good job. And that's so relatable. Like all the moments where she like talked over that's literally still me now yeah because no one can hear my voice it's too like soft when i say something quietly to me it's it's quietly but to other people it's like inaudible (laughs) you know right (laughs) and it's just like oh yeah i'm i'm the too quiet superlative for sure a random thought just came into my head but after watching this movie, it's like what I wish Boyhood could have been. Oh, I didn't see that. Because Boyhood was, in my opinion, sort of a subdued version of what this movie was. And they could have done like so much more if they had taken that deliberate choice to stylize it the way that uh-huh. uh, Bo Burnham did well, in this. Well, but they I didn't. mean, I think that's where Bo Burnham being a comedian first, yeah. firstly, or coming from that world. And, and from the in. YouTube world. Yes. Which is what I want to kind yes. of tack on to this part that we're talking about is overall, this movie had a very YouTube yes. style to me. The way that's that it's cut point. and the way that it like is stylized. Like the humor of it. Mm-hmm, it's exactly. It's a lot more the YouTube Which is humor. not taking yourself seriously. Right. That helps. It's definitely interesting. This type of like wide release movie to stand out even more yeah which is i think a trend that we're going to start seeing a lot more of now if if we can see just how successful this movie comes uh goes but i think that that's sort of the direction that we're starting to go in especially how we talk about how in reality tv nowadays we see we can see more of the crew more of the behind the scenes well it's the whole trend to realism Mm -hmm. but yeah this this movie is painfully accurate yeah (laughs) i would say (laughs) it's just so cringe at so many points you know Mm. it's it's like funny but it's like oh i remember that another cool part of the music is when they're at the dinner table and she pulls in and out her headphones and the volume of it changes relative to whether or not she put the earphone back in and it's very real we can really sink ourselves into the experience that she's having at the table and the frustration that the dad is feeling that he, he can't be heard it's like the score is in her head. Yeah. This. It's, yeah. A, it's the soundtrack of her phone. Yeah. It's of her. It's like in her own mind. Yeah. You know that it's, it, I really like that. It was experimental. I think there was two things that stood out to me just more like in a technical way. And that was one of them, the music. The second thing was like the really like longer shots uh, that were like close ups of her face. Overlaid. 
no 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 oh. no there was a lot of that but that that wasn't like crazy new it made sense like mm-hmm. social media but like she it was in several points but she would have she would be having a conversation with someone but the camera would be on her the whole conversation oh. without even though the other person was talking right it was just on her and her reaction is it supposed to represent that nobody listens to her i think it's more representing that we're in her point of view okay. maybe because like there are several points where she's talking to the dad and it's just her even though the mm-hmm. dad's talking and talking and talking all we see is her and her reactions aren't anything like that crazy mm-hmm. that she's reacting. She's just kind of sitting there. But like, I don't know. I thought that was different because usually normal, typical is, is you know, they cut from right. the person talking to, you know, the back the and forth. Thing. Yeah, back and, yeah, back and forth. Or I mean, they usually they show both people. Mm-hmm. But this was like on her the whole time. And it happened in the car scene, too, which is an important dark oh, yeah. scene. A lot. It yeah. happened there a lot where it was just showing her even though the guy was talking the part that's coming to mind about this for me is the scene of them in the mall at the table Mm -hmm. talking in the food court is that sort of similar kind of i'm thinking more one-on-one okay but it happened in the car it's just of her and the guy's talking Mm -hmm. and talking and talking and she's just like looking down like right like very uh minimal reactions but like it's still reactions i just thought that was interesting and it was unconventional it is this movie stays so true that to the protagonist Mm -hmm. and the protagonist is clearly the absolute focus here and the camera work wants us to understand that yeah and and not think twice about it because this is definitely very much driven by her and her experience i mean the opening and closing shots are close-ups of her uh in her youtube videos yeah so which is something cool is i think just going back i guess a little into that but also talking about the cinematography is i loved how that opening shot was this it was like the whole video yeah um (laughs) and it was a very very slow zoom out of the youtube video almost like how it looks on the computer because image is so zoomed in that it gets super pixelated well, and it's it looks not very even that. lo-fi it's, it's that she's using the macbook built in the oh, photo yeah, booth yeah, yeah. with the countdown yeah. and everything and it's so realistic though yeah that's what I, I i would make videos not not the same kind but like whenever we would record like a silly video with like my cousin or something we would use the that was our camera the the, la- the mac laptop gucci yeah that was good <laughs> Oh, yeah. For a little tag. Right. That's so it's so funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was just cute. And I mean, I loved the cinematography in this a whole lot. And I, I mean, you say that, that it wasn't anything too new, but I did no, no, enjoy I, the overlaying quite a bit yeah, in yeah. terms of the message. I think that they that for sure. Bo was going for with the power that our phones have and that. You know, we will ignore our sleep and needs in order to just scroll and feel social. Yeah. Um, And it was also interesting to me how she wasn't that social in real life, but at least at first. But she was so social on Instagram. Right. You know, and she like wanted to comment on a lot of the posts and which is an interesting dichotomy to me. And is that real? Because that's not something I could relate to. 
Right, because you're social always. Yeah. <laughs> you want to comment and talk. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, it's just easier to type stuff. That's why I would text people all night instead of, but in, in school, I wouldn't talk to them that much. You know, it's hmm. just easier to do it behind the screen. Hmm. There's less worrying about how you're coming off. It, uh-huh. It's editable. Like, That's true. You can edit yourself. Even it's though a, it's stupid anyway. And it's reminding me of the scene of when she calls the shadow, yeah. high school shadow friend. And she's like, is that okay? Is it okay to call you? Because I like, you know, I want to make sure it's okay. Right. Oh. It's so true. Because now, especially now, calling is so taboo. Right. But I mean, I really appreciate that because to me, older people always played a very important role in making or being friends with me. Mm. It's, it was more in high school, but... Most of my high school years, I was be- befriending older people in older grades. And they were the only people that would accept me. Like, I just didn't have any friends in my own age range, you know. And they're just really nice. And That's so cool that you had that. Yeah. I, I just related to that. That, there, you know, an older person being nice to you means a lot. And huh. I don't know if I ever had anything like that, really. That's cool. I mean, it's just kind of... I just I just found that moment relatable. I would have really long phone conversations though. I do remember Girl, I was like five, on the phone seven hours. Uh, yes. Yeah. For hours. It was all crazy. Night. Yeah. Oh my god. And like there were those moments where you would just be silent yes. for like three, four minutes. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I remember that pretty well. Yes. Uh, we would I had literally all of middle school, I think I had someone that would call me every day. <laughs> it would switch like year to year who it was wow was it always a boy yeah yeah <laughs> makes sense yeah i would never like have long conversations like that with the same sex I mean, right <laughs> you're right that's wow funny. that's interesting yeah, yeah it, it was always different people but i was always on the phone oh and it was the thing back then it was like once it hit 9 p.m I would have to hang up and call back because it was free after nine. But minutes on your phone counted before nine. Like you had a minute uh, limit. I remember that now. Yeah. So like after nine o'clock was when you had the unlimited. Yes. Yeah. Because they wouldn't count anymore towards your limit after nine. So I would hang up and then I would call them back (laughs) after nine. I would just call them right at 901. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, so it's just funny. That's old time stuff, though. That Not is relevant old time to stuff. Uh. Yeah, and here they use Instagram. Apparently, it was a thing that Bo Burnham wrote in the script that they were all communicating on Facebook, like in the mm-hmm. script originally. But then the actress, Elsie Fisher is her name of the protagonist. Uh, She's like, she, nobody uses Facebook. Yeah, oh. literally. Because it's so true. And I think a lot of older people than me don't know, but I was literally like... I feel like I was the, my literal, my grade, my age was the cutoff where it was like the split between Facebook. It was everyone older than me and everyone younger me, younger than me was like Twitter. And I think now it's Instagram. I've always been kind of aware that Facebook isn't used that much by the younger people than me. But I feel like a lot of older people don't realize that. (laughs) It's just funny that. Bob Burnham didn't know, and he had to consult. He he consulted a lot with middle scores, I think. That's what I would have had to have done. Right. (laughs) 
Yeah, this stuff changes so fast. I was on that wave of Facebook. They captured me when there wasn't any really like Snapchat, Twitter right. yet. Um, I mean, me too. Or Instagram. I was literally this age yeah. when Facebook came out. So I and I was so right confused by Facebook. I was like, why am I seeing other people's yeah posts? Because I was like, I'm supposed to see my posts. Right. Like the news feed was weird. It's so sad because, because yeah. I remember the timeline or the wall. Yeah, the wall. The wall was so important, and it seems like it's not important anymore. Definitely like not. nobody cares to post right. on people's walls anymore. It's annoyingly. Very yeah, it's just not used anymore. So it's what like, else do you want to talk about in this movie? Well, I want to talk about two more things. Okay. I guess all related to men. Mostly men being trash. (laughs) It's the truth. (laughs) I'll listen. (laughs) It's the truth. Well, there's like the... I mean, that's why they come to High Key Book Club. (laughs) The awkward... Well, trash men, all you need. (laughs) The very uncomfortable scene in the car. Yes. That so scary. I was like on the edge of my seat. That, that scene was so strange to me and it is definitely it's it's like the epitome of fear that I think a parent would have yes. about their child going their daughter going yes. out is that because from a parent from this father's perspective, he definitely knows like something like this could happen right? and it will probably happen. And so he wants to be as protective as possible of her, which is why he, he follows fall. her out to the mall and all of that. And so all of that is justified and makes sense. And it's just, it's so sad because the way that they filmed it and built up the sequence, how she's like, why don't we drop her off first? And then he's like, no, it's okay. I can do it or whatever. Uh. And then she agrees with it because she doesn't know any better. It's her first time out. And it's, it's just so sad because it goes back to what my, remembrances of high school are of the guy it's the guy who has the car that's in power like he has the power and yeah oh oh it's just so it was so real it was painful Mm -hmm. it was like so real just yeah this character of this boy is just too real like it happened to every not not exactly but like i feel like everyone had to deal with like those advances yeah or those awkward Perv moments, mm-hmm. or every girl had to at least, and it was so scary. Like, yeah, I thought about middle school was the first time I experienced, I guess, a form of sexual harassment. There was this the perv we had. Yeah. One, remember with a one perv, right? He asked all the girls for nude pictures. Ugh. Yeah, and <laughs> I I don't know. It was just very like built up, and was like, can I ask you a favor? You know that kind of thing Ugh. through text and he didn't even ask for nude pictures he asked for pictures of me in a bra <laughs> i know <laughs> and only one girl i mean that's very like middle schooly high schooly right only one girl did it oh yeah <laughs> and yeah. that was a big deal anyway but <laughs> I, it's just like that i remember that experience was really traumatizing it felt horrible and i told all my guy friends that all the ones I talked to on the phone and whatever. And they were all like, what? How dare he? You know, whatever. Right. And that's how I would have been. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they wouldn't do that. I was so terrified. I felt like that would, A, that would come back to haunt me yeah. really badly. Cause especially well, in my school, cause everything was so tight and like there was, well, I had 13 people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was known as the perv from then on forever. Exactly. <laughs> like I still 
would not go near him. Mm. I just thought about like it just felt so real. Like boys can be so manipulative to women and just like Yeah, very. Yeah, and just like putting it on her as like the oh, now you're going to be inexperienced cuz like that's such yeah, a so thing. Like, to be, like, experienced or not. Right. I mean, he guilted her into that, right? Just by saying, look, I'm trying to help you. Yeah. And it's horrible that he would pit it that way. Yeah. And he's like, you know, now your first experience, your first time is going to be with some guy at a party. Yeah. And he's going to be like, you're so inexperienced. And laugh. Exactly. Trying to make her feel bad for not going with it. Unrealistic situation for some. Yeah. (laughs) That they would laugh everyone's just horny so like it doesn't matter no one laughs and now that manipulation i was like this is this is not to like try to justify what happened by any means but i i do appreciate that at least he quickly took the sign and didn't try to push it any further right i mean i was i was very scared that it would take a turn but yeah uh, yeah, I'm glad he stopped when he did. Right. But I like, mean, clearly he, you know, he went for the touch and she reacted yeah. very strongly against that. And so at least he didn't push it Which further after good. that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's terrifying. Like it could go so many ways. Exactly. So many ways. It was so awkward, though, how he just like chose to do it as truth or dare. Yeah. And then uh, like it was so obvious where this was going to lead. Right. And. It's it was just funny how they filmed that awkwardness going back and forth. I'm so awkward. And he <laughs> he's like when she when she says truth the second time, he's like, You're no fun. That's so and textbook it is. manipulative guy. Like uh, that's where I was like, men are trash. Like, oh that, <laughs> much that moment was scary for me when he said you're no fun because immediately I knew like what was about to happen. Right. And that shot, it's just one long shot like that like stays on her, like yes, you said. That, that's right. The shot. And you just hear you're no fun from the side. Yeah. And then you can just watch how she's processing that the whole time and oof yeah how just it's like bubbling with uncomfortability yeah boys find so many ways to like turn things and manipulate you they just want one thing yeah so yeah just the perviness i don't miss that for sure that's very rude sabbath friday no thank you (laughs) and then i mean there's other pervy moments when she's talking to the guy she likes about blowjobs and her her dirty pictures <laughs> that scene it was brilliant to me it was hilarious <laughs> and there's a lot that goes in because it's it's a during a drill yeah. it's during an active oh, shooter, shooter drill yeah and so you know you have that context yeah. in in the scene Very and now. they yeah and then they write about it or not right sorry they write that into the script of them making jokes yeah, about which is so real like, yeah exactly <sighs> Like how they don't take the situation seriously at all of what they're doing. I wish there was a shooter. I mean, he's like playing (laughs) video games during it. And it it is just funny to me how she's able to, you know, sneak around without being noticed over to his desk. And and it's it's funny. It's hilarious. Yeah. yeah, The dirty photos. Mm -hmm. I also laughed pretty hard when they were actually doing the drill in the hallway oh, right, right, right. and then he's like thank he's like thank to you the- to, to, thanks to the drama club yeah. for volunteering <laughs> yeah that's so funny 
And then the girl that talks to her has like a bullet hole in her head that's oh, painted on there. Right. <laughs> yes. Oh. It's very now for sure. It's so dark humor. Yeah. I um, remember having a tornado so drill. Oh, really? I don't know why. <laughs> we had to hide in the bathroom and I like, did I fall? Something embarrassing happened. I don't quite remember what. I think I hit my head on the door. I, I don't know. It was stupid. Yeah. We, we had more weather related drills yeah, than we did active shooter, which now it's probably the opposite. Right. Yeah, it's it's very current. But yeah, it's just and kids they're so dark without realizing like he he's like I would fucking move. You know? it's <laughs> yeah. Like, uh. <laughs> no. No. That's just the video game talk. Right. <laughs> kids are so stupid. And it's just amazing to me how so they only had that previous interaction at the party where she's in the other room texting uh, or talking to her dad, trying to get him to come pick her up. Yeah. And then he comes to pick up his phone after it was charging and all. So they have that one awkward exchange. And then uh, with the exception of that, they don't ever make eye contact during that whole drill scene where they're under the desks until she finally mentions like that she's got the folder and then all of a sudden he's interested (laughs) and laser focused on her. (laughs) And then, Oh God. And then they escalate it to the point where he's like, would you give a blowjob? And then the lights come on and (laughs) it's just really brilliantly crafted scene. It's just very accurate. Very real. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. And then we have the good boy, the nerdy boy, the boy I knew. Gabe? Yeah. Gabe is great. So many. I th- I knew so many Gabes. Yeah. Gabes were the kind of guy I talked to and <laughs> were, liked me a little bit sometimes. Because I was like her. I was quiet and weird and awkward. So. And, and I, that's such a thing. Like, I would always end up talking to the weird ass cousin at parties. Like, so true. Was he like the only boy there? No, there's a lot of boys. There were a lot of boys. Yeah. Got it. It was it was very relatable for me. I felt like that would have sort of been like me because he's very he was very hyper was in my hyper, opinion, yeah. right? <laughs> and th- that's definitely how my style of flirting would have been. Would just like pop out of nowhere, well, be obnoxious in front of her it and literally was challenge to me her to like because hold you DM me on Instagram. Yeah. Like he did. That's true. Remember that? Wow. He did he did that. Oh my god. To her. Say, like, oh, thanks for following me, Ben. You're literally the only person that I've ever done that to. I'm glad. To like, hear. I'm pretty sure you were the per- <laughs> first I ever DM'd. <laughs> you were like, I was like, I'm going to experiment with this and see how it works. Uh, <laughs> it worked. <laughs> nice. Well, it's just because there was no other way for me to, like, get your contact info. Right, right. <laughs> so I felt like that was the most, like, low stakes <laughs> <laughs> possible way to say hi and break the ice. Right. What did he say? Like, this is Gab. No, Gabe. Or like, oh, didn't yeah. he have to like correct Not, his spelling? Well, that's a, uh, that goes right with the thing I said before about how like the worst insult is to be like a different gender. Uh huh. I feel like that's kind of maybe what he was insecure because Gab sounds like a girl. Right. Like Gabby, exactly. And he's like, "Not Gab, yeah, Gabe." He's all caps. Yeah. Gabe. Yeah. <laughs> oh. That's <laughs> so cool. He's just so funny. Like he's spazzy. He reminded me of so many people that were just nerdy and like into their fandoms and game culture and stuff like that. Like they they went off on Rick and Morty and I was like, Oh, I don't watch Rick and Morty, but I got it. Right, exactly. Yeah. 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 They they were cute about it. It was <laughs> that's true. 
It's true. And it's just uh, funny how like Rick and Morty is supposed to be an adult cartoon. Right, but but no, obviously kids, not, right? Yeah. Kids watch anything. Yeah. Oh, they're so cute. They were great. They were great. <laughs> and then I like how like they just were I acknowledging how fun the conversation was. Yeah. <laughs> it's that's, like, oh, am I talking too much? Uh, that's so bad. Oh, yeah. I mm-hmm. was Yeah. Yeah. I was like that. I loved that scene a whole lot. And it was it a was great, great way to start to conclude the yeah, movie to reverse the low point that we had hit in that vehicle mm-hmm. prior in the car. And that's such a low point, not only because, Oh man, I remember what is it like when she gets back home and she goes into her room, she just like ignores her father and then her yeah. father has to chase after her. I think it goes like really, really silent, yeah, really it quiet. Does. It does. And then they pull up the audio, I think, of the last video. Like, it starts to overlay. Yeah. Uh, while he's counseling her. And that's when she gets... She's at such a low point that she's going to stop the movie making. Yeah, and that's so sad. it is really sad because that's what we've... That's really been the main constant that we've been able to track the character through is her video postings. And so that... It was definitely a super low point, like a, a natural low point that we could get in this movie. And then I like how her experience with Gabe is a great way to rebound it back and bring us back to a new equilibrium and a new like optimistic yeah. tone uh, at the end of the movie. Yeah. And then she makes she sort of repeats the process of mm-hmm. making a video for her high school self. Yeah. Which is cute. Exactly. I didn't do that, but I did. As I mentioned before, send myself an email as a sixth grader. I sent it to that's crazy. My eighth grade self, yeah. I was I was definitely moving too fast through life and not paying attention. Like I could not think that far ahead. Like I, I couldn't even so think to, like bored. the next day, let alone the two years later, yeah. four years later. And so remember, hers was like like the first thing she asked is, "Do you have a boyfriend yet?" Mm, mm-hmm. I related hard, and that's pretty much the only thing I say in the email. <laughs> okay. This is it? Yeah, are you ready? Oh. <laughs> this is my email from sixth grade to my eighth grade self. Okay, go. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> okay. You're scared. Yeah. <laughs> Dear. Wait, wait, can I read it? Here, let me do it. Ah, uh, fine. Okay, so I'm going to read what Zeleni's capsule email to herself <laughs> in the future <laughs> was. Oh, it's, it's, it's short. It is really short. It's embarrassing, okay. though. Uh, oh, gosh. Read it out I, loud. Not I, Don't read it before. Dear future version of me, I'm right now in the sixth grade at RHA. Hopefully, I'm in eighth grade at the same place. <laughs> Has anyone asked you out yet? Is it the person you wanted when you were 12? Signed, Z from the past. <laughs> That's amazing. That's That's all you cared about. Yep. And I I just thought it was hilarious that that's what was in her capsule video. It's like, do you have a boyfriend yet? Literally, that was what I did. I hope he's like really nice and stuff. Yeah. Well, I didn't. I wasn't even thinking about that. I knew this guy was a douche. I just liked him for no reason. And I actually was with him at that time. Hmm. Like so, the answer to my email is yes. Is yes. It was that person. <laughs> it was very forced because I pretty much stalked him into being with me. But, you know, I got what I wanted. Huh. <laughs> well, I'm glad. <laughs> yep. 
I don't. So I don't remember having a middle school time capsule. We may have, but I don't recall it. If so, all girls are looking at is like, oh, who asked you out though? Ah, <laughs> uh, embarrassing. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. So but I think the overall message was just self-love, self-acceptance, and learning how to do that. Yeah. In the first years of like battling with that like those are the first times you you get insecurities like that and start not liking yourself there are a couple there are a couple of like scenes that kind of cue that for me one is the final video yeah no i know yeah like the final video the final video that she posts and how she she suddenly becomes very self-conscious about the content that she was previously making saying i guess they were really tips for me and they probably they, they probably really sucked because I don't actually do those things and I don't know that stuff. And then also when they're in the graduation line and she yeah. goes to yell at that girl yeah. who didn't write her back for the thank you letter. And I was just like, oh, like, I would never have the balls to do yeah, anything like that. But either. it's exactly what we want to do right. all the time. And that's what we come to movies for is to see somebody who takes that move that we want to do in real life all the time and never take. Right. I know. I would have loved to s- tell people off. That's why if I, that's the only reason I want to go back, just to tell literally everyone off. Right. Very specifically and angrily. It's amazing because, like, she didn't want to go to that party to begin with. Yeah. But she still was kind enough to know, like, that it was appropriate to write a thank you letter to her. Yeah. And she even was making this effort to try to be friends with her, handwritten and everything, and didn't even say hi, bye, or F you, as my mom would say. <laughs> right except she would actually say the f word um got it <laughs> yeah yeah i think she she finally comes into a little bit of more self-acceptance even though it's at that age it's very difficult and she will get there we assume in when she becomes an adult but <laughs> so the next sequel is going to be 12th grade and it's going to be fabulous i i wish indie people are above sequels <laughs> Am I right though? I mean, mostly. <laughs> well, you know, like, they made a, a they made a Clerks too. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Well, so Clerks is like a super indie movie, and then they made a Clerks too, which was like a Hollywoodized version. Oh. Uh, so that brings us to the wrap up stage of this episode. Thanks so much for listening. But before we let you go, we got to give you two things. Agreed. So we gotta we gotta give a verdict. You know what I'm gonna give though. What? You know what I'm agreeing to. I don't. You always know. A plus. Yes. You give everything an A, though. You take off points for no good reason. Well, there's no good reason to take off points this time. Well, good. There's never a good reason. (laughs) Anyway, I give it an A plus as well. Nice. And for my shout out, I will shout out. Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, (laughs) So someone from middle school. That's where I landed. The only person I stay in contact with was someone when I, my boyfriend broke up with me. And this other guy in my grade uh, also broke up. Like, his girlfriend broke up with him. We broke up at the same time as the, the thing, and we became friends. And then we became best, pretty close friends. Not best friends, but pretty close friends. And he became the person I talked to on the phone every day mm. through, like, freshman year. Cool. And... His name is Andrew, and he's the only one I still see. Cool. Probably like once a year. We nice. go get dinner. That's awesome. And yeah, 
That is so cool. I wish I had somebody like that in middle school. I, I shout out to Andrew. He was my friend in the hard times. And I was his friend in the hard times. We liked Lost a lot together. That's cool. I yes. never had a friend to talk about Lost with. He got me into it. And then oh. we would talk about it. That's awesome. <laughs> well, cool. Hi, Andrew. Shout out to you. Uh, maybe someday we'll get to shake hands. <laughs> um, but in the meantime, we're going to keep it high key here in Austin, Texas. And we're so happy that you could listen to us. Thanks for tuning in. It's been wonderful to talk about our past with you, Zeleni. Yes. I want to especially just thank you for the little project that we did last night where we took a step back in time and looked at all of our old photos. It wasn't much of a project. We looked at old pictures and well, content uh, but we it's, made. But it's for a purpose, well, which we, we might, might get to. Yes. So I'm just going to leave that there. But I just want to thank you because it's helped me to appreciate my life and my past better uh, and how you know, appreciate where I'm at now today, how I got here. So thank you so much for that. It was good. And that's what this movie has done for me. Going back to nostalgia, bringing back this podcast, full episode, full circle (laughs) is that the nostalgia is good and it's real. And I think it provides lots of room for reflection and inspiration for wherever you're at now and trying to find the next steps. So uh, I guess you'll be hearing from us. Gucci. Thank you.